So if you've been uh, connecting with us over the la- over this winter since uh, January, we've been going through a series looking at the life of a guy named David, one of my favorite biblical characters. Uh, last week, if you were with us, uh, we were talking about sort of this this epic story out of David's life, and it's kind of a this defining moment. Is this this moment? Uh, in his history that he's sort of the most known for. And it's the story of David and Goliath. This, this story of David going up against all odds, the underdog, slinging this stone, seeing this giant fall, and all of it that came with it. <clears throat> After this story happened, uh, the nation of Israel sort of went, ah, and went all behind David and just kind of lifted this guy up and started to sort of cheer for him and get behind him. And that's the story that we're going to look at tonight is the story of what happened after David and Goliath. So if you have your Bibles with me, or if you want to follow up on the screen, uh, we're going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 18. So if you've got it on your phone uh, or paper, whatever you got. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 5 to 16. And we're going to look at this story together. A little bit more history. Uh, After David's defeated Goliath, uh, Saul has invited him to come live in the castle. The castle. They didn't have castles. (laughs) To live with him. And uh, to be the commander of his army. And this, his popularity is growing and growing. And this, this is kind of where we're going to pick up the story. So in verse 5, this is what it says. Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war. An appointment was, that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officers alike. When the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistine, women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and they danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Saul has killed his thousands. David is tens of thousands. I don't know if it was like Ring of Rosie, but I just kind of... I <laughs> Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his tens of thousands. You'll never be able to sing it again. Like, it's Ring Around the Rosie. It just feels like it should be. And part of the reason... Okay, pause for a moment. The reason I kind of think that is it was a bit of this like, like kind of taunting kind of sound to it. Doesn't Ring Around the Rosie sound like it's taunting somebody, right? It was actually a death song, right? Ring Around the Rosie was. But uh, like it sounds taunting, right? Like they're like, David is better than Saul, the king. And this kind of is what happened. This made Saul very angry, it says. What's this, he said. They credit David with 10,000s. And me with only thousands? Next, they'll be making him their king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. The very next day, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul. And he began to rave in his house like a madman. David was playing the harp as he did each day. But Saul had a spear in his hand. Picture this, a spear. And he suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. But David escaped him twice. Love this picture. 
<laughs> David's just playing away at his harp. All of a sudden, Saul's like, boing, throwing the spear, right? Like, the harps, they don't move. Like, it's a big thing, right? He's sitting there. Imagine sitting there. Saul just whips his spear. He dives. He gets out of the way, escapes it twice. In verse 12, it says this. Saul was then afraid of David, for the Lord was with David and had turned away from Saul. Finally, Saul sent him away and appointed him commander over 1,000 men. And David faithfully led his troops into battle. David continued to succeed in everything he did, for the Lord was with him. When Saul recognized this, he became even more afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he was so successful at leading his troops into battle. The part that I want to focus on tonight, and the title that I kind of made for this talk, is simply this, Spear. I want to look at the spear and what David did as it, as it pertains to the spear. Someone once said that the test of one's character is measured by how they respond when, uh, when others around them succeed. And if that's true, Saul failed horribly. We see in this story as David is rising into this like notoriety where people are like, wow, look at this guy, he's amazing. What happens with Saul? It's not, he doesn't start to rejoice. He's not like, yeah, that's great. Look at this young guy. He's like, everything goes south, right? He's just downtrodden. He's, doesn't, and he gets angry and he starts to like, throw spears, right? Um, a guy named Philip Keller wrote a book about David. It's kind of a bit of an older book, but uh, he had some cool things to say. This is what he said. I love the picture first, actually. Isn't that a great picture? What an old book. Anyways, it says this. The theme of triumph and adoration enraged Saul. His twisted emotions burned with flaming jealousy. Instead of taking pride in Israel's deliverance through David's hand, he saw the young man now only as a deadly threat. Saul's humiliation in the songs and dances of the girls degenerated to hostility. Then violent hatred for David. A dark morose, angry mood settled upon his soul. Deep depression engulfed the king's spirit. With burning malice, he saw David as one destined to capture the loyalty of Israel and so supplant him as their sovereign. He would never let this happen if he could prevent it. Think about this story again. We have David He's been invited into Saul's into courtyard. He's there playing his harp, something he did every day and had been doing since he was a kid. If you were here a couple weeks ago, uh, we looked at the harp and the worship and just the way that he connected with God through this worship. It was something that brought the presence of God into this place. And into this spot, we see Saul just so, lose it absolutely lose it. In 1 Samuel 18, we see this attack, this this spear throwing. But it was just the first. It actually was something that happened over and over and over in the the years to come. By the age of 25, David was banished from Saul's court. He'd been stripped of his position. 
He'd been humiliated by the king's demotion and rank. And eventually he actually fled for his life. For almost six years he roamed the countryside. (coughs) Dodging the spears of this man who was consumed with killing him. Can you imagine how much had changed for David? From this high point, like we talked about last week. This high point where he's, he's this nobody kid who shows up on the battlefield in front of a half a million other soldiers from his own army, kills this Goliath that nobody else would kill, gets raised into this position of the commander over the armies, and then gets demoted, spears thrown at him, dropped down to only like leading a thousand guys, and eventually fleeing for his life. I don't know about you, but I think this maybe isn't just David's story. I think probably if we were to be honest, for many of us, the wheels often feel like they've fallen off the bus for us as well. Where things are going great, things are doing well, and all of a sudden it's like, you're like, what just happened? I feel like I'm on the run for my life. Maybe not quite that. But maybe close. Anybody ever felt like that? Just me? No, that's good. Thanks. <laughs> As I think about the change and what can happen, and I think about this story and, and this picture that we see here, I think more often than not, um, the things that, sh- that shift that happens in our lives, it's because of people who are throwing spears at us. Is that fair to say? Like those hard things? Someone attacking the spear of criticism. A spear of anger. Maybe a spear of jealousy. Somebody who kind of pushes us to the edge. Maybe in our job. Maybe in our family. Maybe in our friend groups. Because of their insensitive comments. Their manipulation. Maybe their gossip. Their slanderous gossip. The way they talk about us with our friends. Or people around us. All of us, I would contend, all of us have had spears thrown at us. Is that true? Am I the only one? It's probably true. Probably, if we're to be honest, all of us have felt like David at one time or another. There's somebody throwing a spear at us. For me, one of those moments happened um, about 12 years ago. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but um, I had an older gentleman stand nose to nose with me. And I think maybe I've shared this story before, but it was a while ago. Stand nose to nose with me and just absolutely swear that he was going to do everything he could possibly do to get me fired from the church I was on staff at. And things were going well. We had more youth coming than we could like even fit. Uh, you know, we were seeing about 80 to 100 youth every week. In Port Alberni, to be honest, here in town, like things were going, couldn't have been better. And I found myself in this spot where this, with this older guy who's like, I am going to do everything I can do to get you fired. And I, I just, I remember like this spear, somebody throwing the spear, one of those moments. Oh. 
So what do you do when someone throws a spear at you? What do you do when someone tries to hurt you? What do you do when someone makes your life a living hell? Well, next week we're going to talk... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> to be continued. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's right. Over the next five weeks. No. One word. <laughs> yeah. We're going to look at five things really quickly tonight, just before we wrap up and have dinner together and eat together, have some fun. But I want to look at five ways that we can face the spears that people throw at us. And I'm going to rip through them, all right? Uh, to help us with this, it's an acrostic. I love them. So let's get the word spear. So the first one we're going to look at starts with the letter S. Stay connected to God through daily spiritual disciplines. I believe that our ability to deal with the spears that people throw at us is directly proportionate to our closeness with God. In verse 10, we see this from this story that we just read. David was playing the harp as he did each day. First read, you're like, what does that have to do with closeness to God? But as we talked about a couple weeks ago, this playing the harp for David wasn't just music. He wasn't just making music. This was how he connected to God. David was a worshiper. That was his thing. His like connecting to God was all about this. And it says so clearly he did it every day. Each day he would play that harp. And it wasn't just for Saul's comfort, but it was for his own spiritual nourishment as well. People who are growing in God always face the spear better than people who aren't. So simple question for you and for me. Are you meeting with God daily? Not just Sundays, not just maybe twice, three times a week. Are you meeting with God daily? Are you getting to know him? Are you learning his ways? Are you hearing his heart? Are you drinking in his spirit? Part of the reason that we take a moment when we're praying on a regular basis and we just kind of listen is because it's actually not something we can just do on a Sunday. We do it here because it's a great place to practice it so that all through our week, we can incur, I hope and pray that you'll take those moments and say, God, what do you want to say to me today? I need to hear you, know you, be connected to you. Not just talking, but listening as well. And we'll begin to practice that discipline and practice that presence of God in our lives. People who are connected to God deal with spears better. Second one. P. Here we go. SP. Protect your heart from the damage of the, spe of the spear. In verse 10 and 11, this is what, from this story, this is what it said. But Saul had a spear in his hand. And he suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. But David escaped him twice. You see, when somebody throws a spear at you, there's three things that can happen. The first one is this. You can duck and make sure that it doesn't hit you. You can get out of the way. The second thing that can happen when somebody throws that spear, that insult, that, that belittling comments, that whatever, when they throw it at you, you can let it hit you, penetrate your heart, 
and infect your life. And I'm going to pause on that one for a sec because I actually think that's something in our culture that has gotten out of control. And, and the language that we kind of hear and you'll see in our culture is this, this kind of idea of an offense culture. Like it just, it's so, our culture, our society right now is so easily offended where we allow that thing to hit us and it's like, oh, I'm so offended by that. Like we're not ducking, we're not getting out of the way, we're not just letting it, it's like, no, it's like, hits us and I love this thought, it infects our life. And that you see it, am I wrong on that? Like, you just see it all around us, right? And I, I'm not saying that there isn't times where, yes, we should be offended and things happen. No, I'm not taking away from that. But I think as a culture, we maybe have swung a little too far to where we're too easily offended and too easily hurt and too easily. We've, we've allowed it, these spears to hit us. That's the bottom line. First one's we can duck. The second one is we can let it hit us, penetrate us, infect us. And the third one, and this one happens all the time too, is we pick up that spear and we just huck it back. <laughs> You're going to hit me? Screw you. <laughs> and we hurt the one who threw it. I love in this story here is what it says. David escaped twice. What did he do? He ducked. He got out of the way. If you let the spear hit you, penetrate your heart, You'll end up with heart damage and we die slowly. Unforgiveness, bitterness, unresolved anger, hatred, contempt. That guy that I told you the story about that stood nose to nose with me, I had a choice in that moment. And for moments after, months after, as a matter of fact, to hate him, to hold that, to be bitter and angry about it as he worked very hard for me to lose my job and ended up losing my job. I, and I, I could have been, and I was, for a short time where I was like, ah, you know? There's a choice to be made when somebody throws that spear. Are we going to protect? Are we going to duck? There's a really cool book that sort of light, lays out this life of David and Saul. Uh, it's, a, a, it's a book actually called The Tale of Three, Three Kings. It's a really simple, really sh short, quick book. And I just want to read to you um, just a couple of pages from that book that talk about this spear and this throwing, what happens. Here's what it says. David had a question. What do you do when someone throws a spear at you? Does it seem odd to you that David did not know the answer to this question? After all, everyone else in the world knows what to do when a spear is thrown at you. Why, you pick up the spear and you throw it right back. When someone throws a spear at you, David, just wrench it out of the wall, throw it back. Everyone else does, you can be sure. And in performing this small feat of returning throne spears, you will prove many things. You are courageous. You stand for the right. You boldly stand against the wrong. You're tough and you can't be pushed around. You will not stand for injustice or unfair treatment. You're the defender of the faith, keeper of the flame, detector of all heresy. 
You will not be wronged. All of these attributes then combine to prove that you're also a candidate for kingship. Do you catch this picture? People applaud that, don't they? Stand up for your rights. Throw that spear back. Yes, perhaps you are the Lord's anointed. After the order of King Saul. There is also a possibility that some 20 years after your coronation, you will be the most incredibly skilled spear thrower in all the realm. And also by then, quite mad, just like Saul. Jesus said, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. We must protect our hearts from the damage of the spear. Don't let it hit us. Duck. Third letter is the letter E. Keep going. Entrust your life and situation to God. How is it that David could face the spear, all of Saul's threats and tactics, all of these attempts on his life, and he still maintained this sweet spirit? He refused to retaliate, to pick up the spirit. What was his secret? I think it was simply this. Verse 12, we read these words. The Lord was with David. See, the thing is, facing spears is not a solo assignment. It's not something you do on your own. Part of the reason David could do this was because he knew that he could trust God. And he entrusted his entire life, everything he was, to God. He said, God, I am yours. In my own journey, in that conversation with that man, um, part of the, the, what happened is we ended up on a sabbatical, my wife and I, Robin and I. And as we walked out that journey and there was stuff going on and there was all kinds of conversations happening in terms of that job that I had with the church, I came to this spot and to this moment where I just literally sat back and I said, God, I trust you. Like, I, I don't know what's going on here. It doesn't really make sense. Things are good. Like, why is this happening? It doesn't really make sense. And it didn't really make sense. But I said, God, I trust you. There was this moment, like David, where all he knew was that God is with me. I'm not going to throw spears back. I don't know what's going on. It doesn't make sense. But God, I trust you. This is a big deal even for Jesus. This is what he said. He, Jesus, never sinned and he never deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. When he suffered, he did not threaten to get even. He left his case in the hands of God. Not only did Jesus, or did David not throw a spear back, but Jesus didn't either. Christ is our best example, this perfect example of what we're called to do. To not throw that spear back. To leave it in God's hands. Anne Lamont said it this way. Forgiveness. Sorry, I don't have it up there. Forgiveness means it finally becomes unimportant that you hit back. And again, as part of the journey for me, there was a moment. And it took a while. Probably five months or so. Where I just went and I felt God speak it to me like, you need to forgive this guy. He never said sorry to me. He's never to this day apologized for anything that happened. I don't even know if he even knows, honestly. Never happened. 
but I felt like God called me and said, I, you have to forgive this guy. And I chose. I chose. I said, God, I, I choose to forgive him. No matter what he's done, no matter what's happened, what he said to me, whether it was right in the spear that he's thrown, I'm not going to let it hit me in bitterness and anger. I'm, gonna, I'm choosing to forgive telling you the rest of the story after. Fourth part of the story, what we see with David, how you deal with spears. And it's the letter A. Accept the reality of your circumstance and make the most of it. In this story, this is what we see happen. Saul had elevated David. He put him in charge of all of his armies. And then as his, has his breakdown, gets angry, blah, blah, blah. He demotes David. And instead of being in charge of all of his armies, this is what happens. Finally, Saul sent him away and appointed him commander over 1,000 men. And I love this. And David faithfully led his troops into battle. Uh, David is mistreated. His life is threatened. His dignity is insulted. And through all of this undeserved demotion, he does nothing but continue to perform well. To make his boss look good in spite of the dishonoring treatment. I don't know about you. How would, how would you have responded? When you dropped to the bottom, not deserved, what would you have done? I think sometimes God allows people to throw spears at us in our lives because he wants to expose our character. He wants to find out what we're made of. How will we respond? How will I respond? He wants to see if we'll make the most of our situation. I could give you a hundred other stories where people threw spears at me and I picked them up and threw them back. But with this one guy, I felt like God called me to forgive him. And I chose to forgive him. About eight months later, we were back in Port Alberni, back in the church. And uh, slowly over time, as we would keep coming back and be part of that church over time, it was like nothing had ever happened. I would walk in and he would give me these big hugs. So good to see you. We're so glad you're here. And I was like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> like do you not have any memory? Like, what's, you know, yeah, Alzheimer's? Like, what the heck, honestly? And honestly, I don't think, he didn't even remember. I don't, or didn't know, or, oh, I don't even know. And even as we moved back into Port Alberni, he's like, phoned me up and like, do you need church space? And you, could, you could have our space. And we could, like, I was like, what the heck? Like, honestly. But part of it was this desire in me, not just to forgive, but to do it well. No matter what happened, to just say, God, I am going to honor you with what I have now. Accept where we're at, the reality of what's going on, and still serve God honestly. Last one, spear. Any with an R, respond with wisdom. In this chapter that we read, chapter 18, uh, four times the Hebrew word, and it's the word sakal is used. Uh, in some of our translations, uh, the, the words translated is the word prosper, 
um, or success or successful. But in the actual Hebrew, um, the, the word actually is better translated as the word of wise. Not just successful and not just to, uh, to do well, prosper. But it's actually the word wise. In verse 14, it, it would actually read a bit more or should read a little bit more like this. And David continued to be wise in everything he did for the Lord was with him. Respond with wisdom. In the middle of this adversity, in the middle of the spear throwing, as difficult as it was, as painful as it was, as humiliating as it was, David had wisdom from God that kept him through it all. And the question for us tonight is this. When that spear is thrown at us, when people are hucking stuff, words, accusations, you name it, how do we respond? Do we say things we shouldn't say? Do we do things we shouldn't do? Do we react in ways that we shouldn't react? If I can encourage you in the middle of spear throwing when it's happening to just pause if you remember anything from tonight, pause for a moment and just say, God, give me wisdom. Spirit of God, give me wisdom. Breathe for a moment. In that breath, God, give me wisdom to respond. As we clearly identified, spears are part of life. It's something that happens over and over. Learning to face spears that people throw our way is what this is all about. I'm just going to reiterate. S, stay connected to God. Know Him. Be known by Him. P, protect your heart from the damage of the spear. Duck, get out of the way. Don't let it sting. Don't let it eat you. E, entrust your life. Trust God. Back up and say, God, only you. I know you're in control. Boy, this doesn't feel good. I don't like it. I don't know what people have said, but, but I trust you are in control. A, accept the reality of where we're at, but then make the most of it. Still serve and honor and use our words and use our actions to the absolute best, no matter what's been said or done about you. And R, respond with wisdom. <sighs> Breathe and in there go, God, give me wisdom. How do we deal with spears like David? With God with us. Let's bow your heads as we close with a word of prayer. God, I thank you for this incredible man that walked before us that helps us see a picture of how you call us to walk. I thank you that you are a God that is with us. And so, Father, for every person in here, no matter what they're facing tonight, God, maybe some people in here tonight, this is like hitting between the eyes because maybe it's the words of a boss. Maybe it's the words of a coworker, Maybe it's the words of a friend or a family member. But no matter where it's coming from, this is like hitting them between the eyes because it's like spears are being thrown at them. And so, God, first, we just pray for your presence. That knowing your presence. God, help us to duck. Help us not to take it to heart. Help it not allow it to rot us from the inside out. 
God has helped help us in that to accept it, to understand that this is where we're at and trust you. You are in control no matter what's being said or done. Help us to be honoring and to continue to live in a way that honors you no matter what's been said. And then God, give us wisdom. Spirit of God, we need your wisdom. Help us to live like David did, to honor you. To show people around us a different way to live. Not one where we pick up spears and just hock them back. Thanks, God, for who you are, the way that you lead us and teach us. In your name. Amen. We're going to take two minutes tonight um, and just do kind of a short question and answer, maybe something that jumped out to you, uh, maybe a question that's risen from what we're talking about tonight, uh, or maybe a challenge, something you're totally agree with. Uh, open to all of that. So any questions, thoughts, challenge? Yeah, good. Yeah, this has been like all too real for me. Like I feel like you're speaking like directly to me yep. for this. Uh, okay. Without going into like too much detail, uh, the past couple weeks, um, a person that I uh, loved and still love uh, has just been trying to hurt me. Uh, basically, yeah, trying to trying to mess with my trip to the Philippines, trying to prevent me from that, trying to mess with my work, uh, just purposefully trying to hurt me. Uh, <clears throat> and through the, through the whole thing, I've, I've been <clears throat> like not in a good place. Mm. And uh, it, it's just super depressing to be thrown spears by someone that you've put so much time and love and, and get, get that back from them. Uh, but a verse that I found this week that was super comforting for me uh, is Luke six twenty seven uh, and on. Uh, but to you who are listening, I say, <clears throat> love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. And that was just so encouraging for me to read that. Like I totally. needed that in that specific moment and I was not handling things the way I should have. Mm -hmm. And at that moment I realized I, I do need to forgive. And even though this person is hurting me, I, I still prayed for them every single day after that. And um, still finding out more things and mm -hmm. lies behind my back and, and all this sort of stuff. And it, it, it hurts, but, but just, it's so comforting to be able to forgive that person. You literally have to force yourself to forgive that person, but it's it's freeing. And and once again, I, I I'm like was that when I was writing out my testimony there? Uh, I'm thinking back to that that first night there where I gave my life back to God and yeah. just how how he said, yeah, I don't promise to 
make things easy, but I promise to always be with you. And, yeah. and it's just, I, I really had to lean on that this week. Mm. And like, to be completely honest, I was this close to calling you up and saying this, <laughs> this, is, this is not a good week for me and wow. I, I think I need to delay it, but I, I'm so glad that I went through with it. And me too. Yeah. Cool. So. Hey, and I want to encourage too, as, even as you say that, <clears throat> Even though we know it's the right thing to do not to pick up, it doesn't mean it's easy to not throw spears back. Exactly. I don't want to, please don't hear anything like that tonight. This is not easy. It might be right, but it's not easy. Right? We know the difference. <laughs> it's right, but it sure is not easy. So, yeah. Uh, just one thing. Um, hilarious. Like, just this today at CRC, yep. preaching the exact same passage that he... Cool. Yes, book. And yeah. I mean, it's something that uh, I know there's people in my life that has stolen spears that I've found it difficult to ever forgive them. Yeah. Um, I, and part of me is that I didn't ever want to actually forgive them, but it's something that God's working in my heart to, yeah. you know, like it's it's doing me more damage than it is doing, Absolutely. doing them, you know? So, yeah. like, as hard as it is, um, it just, what you've preached on just resounds what. The steps I need to take towards yeah. that, yeah. and also like how to protect yourself in yeah. the event of more spears. Because I mean, Absolutely. there's going to be more spears. Right? Absolutely. And not a matter of yeah, but when. So just like yeah, it was really, it was really great. It's, it's cool too, because and just to encourage you, you know, as you walk that out a bit, and I'll say, I was going to say, do it right, but you know, like as you walk that journey out, you forgive somebody when they haven't. It it does get easier. I really do believe that because you realize, wow, I don't. Life doesn't suck. Like, because you're right. It's me that actually hurts more when you allow it to hit you and it festers and it boils in there. And it's, it's me usually that it gets, that hurts longer. So when you start to realize that, it doesn't make it easy. I'm not saying that. It's still very hard to do. But I think there's something to that. And yeah. just one more that thing last to that. Yeah. As soon as I gave that over to God, he blessed me in return and, sure. and it's it's made things so much easier and, yeah. and even the person that has been hurting me a lot has apologized and, yeah. and through that wow. like I'm not saying that that's always going to happen no sure but no, wow, that's cool man just that, that blessing through that cool Luke right on well can I encourage you church uh, I love the way that this the whole point of this is so that we can live different in our world that doesn't get this and it's not even necessarily about going out to preach at people on the streets in Port Alberni. But we can live this out. Like when people start throwing stuff and you just don't throw back. It's something different. And honestly, people notice. Like they're like, what? Why are you? What? what? What's going on there? And it's an opportunity to live out our faith. To make a difference. To be on mission to Port Alberni. In a way that actually has a power to impact and affect culture in our community so can i encourage you as you go out this week to live this out start by just god be with me disciplines of whether that's prayer for you or worship for you or reading or whatever that looks like to be close with god start there ask his wisdom don't let stuff hit you and start to live it out is that cool thanks for leaning in